Good to be with you all <clears throat> on this New Year's weekend. Our first scripture reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. I'll be reading uh, John 1, 1 through 14, and then chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 1. Hear God's word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then in John eight twelve, again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then our second reading today was our call to worship, Isaiah 8, 19 through 9, 7. Isaiah 8, 19 through 9, 7. And when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? To the teaching and to the testimony. If they will not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn. They will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God and turn their faces upward. And they will look to the earth, but behold distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish, in the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. In those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. 
You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you, as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden, and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness. From this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let us pray. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, may your word illuminate the darkness of our world, of our own hearts, and reveal to us the blessedness of your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. So how many of you have ever gone caving or spelunking before? Raise your hand. All right, good. A few of you know what I'm talking about then. Caving is what it sounds like. You're exploring in mostly underground space, uh, in the dark, uh, sometimes walking, sometimes crawling on your hands and knees, uh, hopefully having some sort of light. Uh, when I lived in South Dakota for a summer, I went on a caving tour at Wind Cave National Park. Uh, and it was amazing, it was scary, it was thrilling. But before you could even get into the cave, they started you outside uh, near the entrance, and there was this concrete hole that you had to fit through before you could even go on the caving tour. This hole was meant to replicate what the smallest hole or, or place that you'd have to fit through. And so the thinking was, if you couldn't do it outside in the broad sun, then you certainly aren't going to do it in the cave. And the idea was, if, if you're not going to do it when you're in the cave, then that would stop the whole tour of people that are with you. So if you were claustrophobic, this was not a place for you. But the other thing you had to face, too, was literally the, the darkness that was all around you. I can remember they brought us all down there, brought us into this kind of opening cave room, had us all turn our lights off, and it was just nothing. You couldn't see anything. It was eerie, to say the least. Thankfully, we had uh, plenty of batteries and uh, the headlamps that lit our way. Well, this morning, my sermon is entitled, Darkness to Light Through the Prince of Peace. The reality is, even in this joyful season of Christmas and the New Year's, <clears throat> we are all in a place of darkness. There's darkness all over our world, our country. 
In the Ukraine, in Gaza, in Israel, war continues to rage. Hawaii is still cleaning up from the fires. The southeast still cleaning up from Hurricane Adalia. Go into the major cities, go into Roanoke, and you see poverty and homelessness. Uh, we see drug overdoses constantly at the hospital. Not to mention all the struggles, not only in our country, but abroad of financial insecurities, of food insecurity, the threat of abortion, the struggles of suicide. But as we know, the world is not the only dark place. The human heart, our hearts, my heart, can be a dark world, rank and dank with sin. Every day is a, a spiritual battle as, as people walk away from the church, as people walk away from the faith. And so the Apostle Paul told us in Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, Paul said, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil. So Christmas and New Year's is a joyful season for sure, but we are still in a battle in this present darkness. And like when a person goes caving and they turn on their headlamp to see their path in that pitch black cave, so we must look to God's word as our headlamp. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And so as we head into the new year, let us turn to God's word and see again how we can go from darkness to light because of Jesus Christ. Now to understand Isaiah 9, 1 through 7, we need to understand a little bit of Isaiah's context uh, for when he wrote. Isaiah wrote this prophecy somewhere in the time frame of 735 to 720 B.C., during the reign of King Ahaz in Judah. And if you'd like to read more, you can read more about his reign in 2 Kings 16. But we, what we know from 2 Kings 16 is that Ahaz was an evil, evil king. He did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord his God. 2 Kings 16, verse 2. He burned his son as an offering. Verse 3. Instead of trusting God for protection, he sought protection from the outside, from the Assyrians, and made an alliance with them. His reign was plagued with evil and with darkness. And we see this darkness then in our scripture reading for today, Isaiah 8, 19, where the darkness of Ahaz's time is described. Rather than seeking God and his word, Ahaz and the people sought to inquire of the mediums and the necromancers, or as Pastor David said, the wizards. Rather than seeking God and his word for how to live life, they inquired of the dead. But Isaiah wants them, if you look at chapter 8, verse 20, 
Isaiah wants them to return to the teaching and to the testimony. Isaiah wants them to look at God's word. But they don't. And so darkness and gloom and distress were the result. Look at 8.21 through 22 and see all the references to darkness here in these two verses. They will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God and turn their faces upward. And they will look to the earth, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick darkness. That is our, our context for Isaiah chapter 9 then. This beautiful passage that so often gets read during the Christmas season. My question for us today is where are we searching for light, for answers, for peace, for hope? My hope is, my trust is that you are looking to the word. But as you know, many look to government. They look to the upcoming 2024 elections. They look to social media. They look to the latest influencers and entertainment. But the only way out of this darkness is to have a faithful king and Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, to lead us. Today, God's word this new year, God's word illuminates our path from darkness to light because of Jesus Christ. We must look to Jesus and to his word. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 9, highlights this light of Christ. Where he said, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Again, John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, Matthew sees Jesus as this light of the world. He uses this Isaiah prophecy from Isaiah 9. Matthew wrote, starting in verse 12, Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. And so from that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Matthew appropriates there in chapter 4 of his gospel, Matthew uses this prophetic word from Isaiah 9 to describe Jesus' ministry and his mission. Some 700 years earlier, Isaiah wrote those words, and Matthew recognized that Jesus is that great light. The light that's dawned on those dwelling in darkness, on those dwelling in the region 
and shadow of death. Today, God's word in the new year, God's word should illuminate our path from darkness to light because of Jesus Christ. So I've got three points I want to be brief about from Isaiah 9, 4 through 7, and all three start with the letter B to help with your own remembering. God breaks the oppression and carries our burdens. God will end the battles and burn the instruments of war. And thirdly, God will do this because of the baby boy whose birth changes everything. So first, the burdens. In nine, Isaiah 9, 4, Isaiah points out how God will relieve the burdens of his people. Here in verse 4, Isaiah points out that God will break, he will relieve all the human oppression that's been on God's people that they've faced in that moment and in the time going forward. My former Old Testament professor, Dr. Walter Kaiser, wrote, quote, each oppressor down through history, the Assyrians of that day, then the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, they all used the rod or the staff on the shoulders of the oppressed nation of Israel. But that will be shattered in the Messianic era. And so to illustrate this, Isaiah then points out how Isaiah reminds the Israelites of this improbable victory that Gideon had over the Midianites. At the end of verse 4, he said, You have broken us as on the day of Midian. If you recall, Gideon had his army whittled down to 300 going up against the Midianites, God reminding Gideon, God reminding the Israelites, Isaiah reminding that the battle belongs to the Lord. I wonder, do you ever feel like you carry the weight of the world on your shoulders? Or the burdens of the world? Do you feel like that Greek mythological character, Atlas, trying to hold things up? Isaiah's famous prophecy reminds us whose shoulders that burden of the world is actually on. And verse 6 tells us that, that the government shall be upon his shoulder. For we know that our triune God, the creator and sustainer of our world, he is the only one who can carry our burdens. And so as we head into the new year, let us pray and ask God for the light of Christ to expel the darkness, to relieve the burdens. Let us pray and ask God for the light of Christ to release the burdens on our families, in our churches, and in our world. What burdens do you need to give to Christ today in this coming new year? Remember Jesus' own words in Matthew 11, 28 through 30.
spiritually speaking, are you battling against God? Do you know Jesus Christ as the Prince of Peace, as your Lord and Savior? Have you asked Christ into your life to expel that darkness, to cancel your sin, to receive his grace by faith? If you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, please talk with me, talk with Pastor Vance, an elder, a deacon, to talk and pray with you afterwards. God's grace is given for your sin, and we can have victory in the spiritual battle that we face. And so as we head into the new year, I want to encourage us to pray and ask God for the light of Christ to expel the darkness of sin and to bring victory over our spiritual and interpersonal battles. Pray and ask for God to bring the light of Christ into that family member or that friend that doesn't yet know him. Pray and ask God to bring an end to the wars that are raging in our world. Remember John's words about Jesus in John 1, 4 and 5. In him, being Jesus, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. God's word illuminates our path from darkness to light, because the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, brings victory over our battles. And finally, the, the people who walked in darkness, they've seen a great light because of a birth. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. So who is this child? Who is this son that Isaiah is referencing who's going to dispel this darkness? Before all of church history, this child referenced in 9.6 has been understood to be that same child, that same Messiah that was first unveiled in Isaiah 7.14, which reads, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And the New Testament confirms that this is the Emmanuel, that this is Jesus himself. Matthew 1, Joseph was thinking quietly about divorcing Mary. But instead, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Isaiah, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Well, this child, this son, is not only called Emmanuel. Look again at verse 6. This child, this son, we see him also called the Wonderful Counselor. As R.C. Sproul put it, he will be and was a counselor whose wisdom will amaze us and astonish us. 
And certainly Jesus' teaching did just that. Recall what they said about Jesus' preaching after the Sermon on the Mount. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. Matthew 7, 28 and 29. And so Jesus' wise teaching brought a clarity to the minds and lives of his listeners. He is the wonderful counselor. But he's not only the wonderful counselor, he's also the mighty God. And what God is wise enough to plan, he is more than capable to carry out. He is capable to do because he is mighty. In 1 Samuel 18.7, it was sung, Saul has struck his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. Again, R.C. Sproul commented that it's no surprise then that this king who will be like David will be a mighty warrior. The God who will fight triumphantly for his people, a conquering king. This mighty God, this king, will conquer the fiercest enemies of all, Satan, hell, and death itself. And this child is not only the mighty God, he's also the everlasting father, highlighting the divinity of this king, which is fitting since God covenanted with David. In 2 Samuel 7, I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Your house, your kingdom, shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. David's throne, Jesus' throne, established forever. Highlighting God's divine, everlasting kingdom. And when we have a God who is with us, Emmanuel, a God who is a wonderful counselor, who is the mighty God, who is the everlasting Father, then it only makes sense that his subjects, his people, his children, will see him finally as the Prince of Peace. And it's this Prince of Peace that can bring light into our darkness. The light of the morning can break open the dark nights of our soul because the burdens have been carried, the battles have been won, and because spiritual birth can take place in the hearts of God's people. And so as we head into the new year, do you need wisdom? Ask the wonderful counselor for guidance. Are you battling a besetting sin? Ask the mighty God for victory. Do you struggle with assurance? Ask our everlasting Father to show you scriptures that remind him, remind you of God's love for you. Do you know someone who needs to be saved? Pray that the Prince of Peace would push back their darkness. Remember Jesus' words in John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. God's word today, God's word in this new year, illuminates our path from darkness to light because of the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. And so in this holiday season, as we 
enter the new year. Let's turn our battles, turn our burdens over to the one who was born, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we pray that these words of truth from Isaiah 9 and also now from 2 Peter 1 would come true in us today. That your word would be like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ, the morning star, shines in our hearts. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.